Now I have Robert Tunyon here as a pickup at number seven. His route participation kept rising throughout the season, and he's finally at a threshold where you should feel comfortable starting him. He ran a route on 76% of Aaron Rodgers dropbacks on Sunday. That's a 12 targets. That's a 27% target share. And, you know, given you never know which wide receiver is going to come through for you on the Packers, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of constants on the Packers. If this route percentage does not go down for Robert Tunyon, I think Tunyon can be the constant in the passing game. Yeah, you know, I like it. He's one of the uh, remnants of what's left <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers has been used to throwing to. Obviously, he missed a little time. Was it last year or the year before? Um, you know, he, he was out for most of the season, but he's come back, and it looks like he's building back up that rapport with Aaron Rodgers. And in this Packers receiving court, it seems like it's going to be one or another every week. Robert Tunyon, you know, in a tight end world where there's not much, you know, Tunyon could end up being a decent play uh, for each week because of uh, the upside, the rapport they has with Aaron Rodgers. Nobody else really has that uh, route participation like we're talking about um, besides the top few tight ends, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey. So just take a swing at Robert Tunyon. Chances are you don't have anybody better for your t- as a tight end on your roster. You know, there's no harm in picking him up. I have Jahan Dotson here at number eight. No word on what, when he's going to be back, um, but he's been dropped in a bunch of leagues. He said he doesn't want to rush the injury, so he might not be back this week. Yeah. But there's going to be a QB change in Washington. Uh, Taylor Heineke is taking over for Carson Wentz, who has a finger injury that's going to keep him sideline for four weeks or so. So the target distribution can change in Washington, and it's worth grabbing a first-round rookie who had four touchdowns in his four games, in his first four games in the league, you know, yeah. on your bench at the very least, right? right. Um, and and you know the target distribution, he was third in targets, you know, behind Samuel and McLaurin when he was on the field. But mm-hmm. you never know. That could switch over um, pretty easily. So, and even if he doesn't, like he's been, he has a nose, he has a nose for the end zone. He's been above double digit fantasy points uh, in four of his five games played. So, yeah, no, he's somebody that I want to have on my roster. He's been dropped in a ton of leagues. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he's been dropped. You know, the way I view Jahan Dotson might not be the way the fantasy community overall views Jahan Dotson, but I wasn't, you know, he might miss a little bit of time, but I wasn't ever going to drop him because he looks like, the guy that I kind of expected him to be, just a solid receiver. And he, like you said, he has a nose for the end zone. He scored a bunch of touchdowns. I don't see how you would be someone to drop him. You know, I think that he shouldn't be on the waiver wire. But if he is, absolutely pick him up. And this is a long-term ad as well as a short-term ad. As soon as he comes back, he's going to produce. And as long as he stays healthy, he's going to continue to produce. I wonder if Sam Howell is going to see the field at all, you know, with Taylor Heineke coming in. I don't think Taylor Heineke is going to, you know, show out and really just like inspire confidence that he's going to be able to guide them through this Cooper Rush-esque, you know? But um, I, I think that if Sam Howell goes and maybe Jahan Dotson could build a connection with him, you know, it's two rookies uh, coming in. I, I'd like to see that. Yeah, I would as well. It doesn't seem like that's going to be the case, like just like yeah. kind of reading the tea leaves of what's what they've been talking about. But, you know, if Taylor Heineke really struggles, then I could see that happening for sure. Right. Um we mentioned the Tavius Murray. I have him here at number nine. Uh, you know, Melvin Gordon got benched. Murray took over on early downs. Doesn't seem extremely permanent to me. You know, the offense is bad, and that's why Murray isn't higher on this list. But if you need a running back start for this week, I think Murray is probably the top ad. You know, if I knew Gus Edwards was playing this week, maybe it would be him. It would yeah. probably be him. Um, but if I need it for this particular week, it would probably be Latavius Murray. Yeah, he's a short-term ad, you know, short-term fill-in. I don't think Latavius Murray is going to continue to get these touches. Um, 
I don't like the offense, and I don't like targeting players on bad offenses, really, especially on waivers. Um, it depends if you're running fab or if you're running just rolling waivers. Like if you have priority, that's a thing. Um, instead of fab, you know, I wouldn't worry about picking up Latavius Murray. There are better players that are going to come around. I think that um, he's he's kind of off my radar. He had a decent night, but it wasn't anything to be you know overreacting about. Robbie Anderson here is here at number 10. Um, there's a world where Robbie Anderson is a wide receiver three with upside on the Cardinals. We saw that AJ Green was able to do a little bit of that last year when he was a wide receiver three for several weeks. Um, yeah. I think he's a better player than AJ Green is at this point of their careers. So I do think he ends up supplanting AJ Green on the outside opposite DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and then you have Ronda Moore and Zach Ertz in the, like the two slot positions on this offense that runs a ton of 10 personnel. All these guys will be able to see the field at once. Um, so, you know, I can totally see him being, you know, a, a solid compliment to DeAndre Hopkins. This offense is super basic. Ronda Moore is going to be running short routes. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be running mostly intermediate routes. And Robbie Anderson will likely be going deep. And that is the formula yeah. for anybody who wants to defend the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> but I, I can see a couple of those plays going Robbie Anderson's way. So I think he's worth a perspective add. Wouldn't be starting him anytime soon. Wouldn't be starting him even if we know he's playing. I want to see how he's used and, and how much he's used. Right. And if he ends up having a big role in this offense, maybe, you know, you can make, use him as a trade piece. Um, I don't think he's going to have that much value, but you know, if things go well, if you're going to have him, I think if you pick him up, like you said, you're going to have him on your bench. If he appreciates on your bench, good. And if he doesn't, you know, it's, he's just a waiver wire. Ad. You, you can drop him again. I'm not expecting too much because the Cardinals offense is still looking pretty rough. Um, you know, shout out Cliff Kingsbury, but, um, I think that Robbie Anderson is kind of just one of those guys. I think he's got production very similar to what he had in Carolina. You know, he had that one big game, big game to open the year. Uh, with Carolina and it seemed like you know his trade was inevitable before a season now it's happened Um, I don't necessarily like where he's gonna fit I do think he's gonna run the deep routes like you said but I'm not imagining him having a very big role yeah the reason why I like pass catchers on the Cardinals even though the offense isn't scoring a ton of points is because they run a lot of pass plays and, and they run a lot of plays in general so there's a lot of play a lot of plays to go around for this team and there's a lot of you know, offensive opportunity despite, you know, like, for example, like Zach Ertz, this, this, Zach Ertz is getting it done. Rondell Moore is getting it done. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, so, you know, we had weeks where Hollywood Brown, Zach Ertz, and Greg Dorch were getting it done for fantasy, you know, all in the same week, right? And, right. and that's the reason why, I, you know, this offense can be good, you know, especially in PPR leagues because these these guys are just racking up receptions. Um, I think Robbie Anderson is, is a good player. Um I think that, you know, we saw what he was able to do with Teddy Bridgewater a couple of years ago uh, in Carolina. You know, he, he became more of a possession receiver with Teddy. Um, I, I, I don't think that's how he's going to be used in this in this offense. Um, I don't think he'll be running exclusively deep routes, kind of like the, what we saw out of Christian Kirk um, two years ago when he was playing on the outside. That's yeah. kind of how I envision his role, um, because I don't see these roles really changing much. And I don't see Cliff Kingsbury really compliment, like, you know, using these players like ed- to, to their full potential, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I can see him being somewhat valuable, um, but I, I don't see his ceiling being too high. No, I think that's a fair analysis. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Moving, moving to number 11, Naheem Hines. This is just in case Jonathan Taylor misses another game. 
Um, I, I'd expect Taylor to play since he got some practices in last week. And Hines should be able to get out of the concussion protocol in time for week seven. Um, he did return to, I think he returned to a full practice, if I'm not mistaken, on l- l- this past Friday. Um, so he should be back this week. Uh, yeah. Deion Jackson obviously did his thing on Sunday, but he has a quad injury. Uh, and even if he's good to go this week and JT misses, I'm going to assume that Hines takes a big chunk of that work away from Jackson. And Jackson isn't that same type of like workhorse type of back that we saw this past week. Yeah. And if it's going to be any work that Nine Hines is taking, it's going to be the receiving game work, which is where Deion Jackson really made his money last week. He did have that rushing touchdown, but you know, 10 catches on 10 targets. I don't think that's going to be happening again for Deion Jackson in any world where Naeem Hines is starting in the Colts backfield. You know, I, I like Naeem Hines as a better overall player. Deion Jackson, you know, he had a good week. It's nice to see that, you know, it seems like the Colts stable of running backs, you know, see what I did there. Um, yep. Their stable of running backs <laughs> is pretty good. You know, they got, they got some good talent back there and it doesn't matter who's going to be playing. They'll be able to produce. But um, if you want to talk about receiving work and they're going to be splitting it up, Naeem Hines is going to get that receiving work over Deion Jackson. I think every day of the week. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have Jalen Warren here at, 12 um you know warren is going to be here until he's rostered in a majority of leagues <laughs> one of the few yep. every down handcuffs left uh in case Najee gets hurt in case he continues to not play well he's another one of those ticking time bombs who can win leagues if he's ever called up you know not as good of a handcuff as um as rashad white, rashad white. but rashad white's on a really good offense right yeah. and you know he's Jalen warren's not but he does look good he looks good. Um, so even on a not-so-great offense, I think Warren can be a much better three-down running back than Najee Harris, which is saying a lot. Yeah, it's interesting. It doesn't. I don't think it says as much about Jalen Warren you know, being this handcuff as it does about Najee Harris just not really performing. You know, He's been here the whole season, I think, on the waiver wire um, since, was it week two or three? I forget. Jalen Warren's been here for a while, and you know, like you said, he is a ticking time bomb. Not necessarily to the extent, like you said, of Rashad White, but I don't have a problem with picking up Jalen Warren. I have a co- I know I've seen him roster in a lot of the leagues that I'm in. Uh, so people might be listening to what we're saying. Maybe they listen to the Upper Hand Fantasy podcast. Um, but go get him if he's on the waiver wire. For sure. Um, so I have a few. We have a few wide receivers next. We have Zay Jones followed by Josh Reynolds followed, followed by Donovan Peoples Jones, and I kind of bucket these guys together uh, in one kind of tier. Um, Jones is right. Zay Jones is right behind Christian Kirk in target share. Kirk has yeah. 22%. Jones has 21%. Um, he leads the Jaguars in catches. He has a higher target share than Kirk over the last two weeks. He only caught five balls this past week, but no other wide receiver saw more than five targets. Um, he also had 50% of the air yards this pack this past week. So, you know, looking kind of past like the raw target numbers there, um, and he caught all five of his targets this week. So he should be in rosters at the very least. Not the best matchups in the world against the Giants and Broncos over the next two weeks, but it does open up. Raiders, Chiefs, Ravens, Lions, Titans. And I would expect in those games, the char- the Jaguars passing offense to play a lot better. Yeah, there should be plenty of time for them to get out of this funk that they're in. You know, we talked about the Jaguars not being the same old Jaguars and suddenly Trevor Lawrence has reverted back to 2021 form. Um, it's going to take him, and I said this last week, it's going to take him getting back into shape, you know, throwing the football like he was the first two weeks of the season for uh, these Jaguars receivers to be relevant. Um, if anyone is going to be relevant over the stretch, though, while they get things right, I think it's going to be Zay Jones. I think you have that right. Josh Reynolds, you know, Amaras St. Brown said he's feeling better. My guess is that he'll play. But I think Reynolds should be added in case he can't go again. 
Um, even if he does, Reynolds still has a chance to, you know, of doing his thing. Um, you know, he's in the same tier as Zay Jones, but he's just on a better offense. So maybe you want to pick up Josh Reynolds over Zay Jones, but I think Zay Jones probably has more season-long appeal, you know, just because Josh Reynolds is kind of taking advantage of Amara being hurt, DJ Shark being hurt. Um, and then eventually you have um you, you have the rookie, what's his name? Uh coming in. James uh, eventually. Jameson Williams coming in eventually, you know, probably like you know, week 10-ish, week 11-ish, something like that. Um, yeah. So that's why he's on the waiver wire rankings just yet. I don't want to hold him right now for like five weeks on my bench uh, no. unless you have an IR spot and you're not using it. But, you know, I think Reynolds could be a short-term potential, you know, somebody who can get it done for you if these wide receivers continue to miss time. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about it a little bit, you know, Josh Josh Reynolds is also benefiting, you know, from a connection with Jared Goff. They both came over from the Rams over the past few seasons. Um, I, I like Josh Reynolds, you know. I think that I'd be surprised if he's on the waiver wire. He put up 15, 21, and 15 points before going on by last week. Um, if he's on the waiver wire, I'm picking him up 100% because this guy, as long as Amon Ross St. Brown is iffy with his injury, you know, and it seems like he's playing through it and that might be limiting his production a little bit, you know, I, I think Jared Goff is going to continue to look Reynolds' way, and that's, you know, good for fantasy. Um, if you could get him on the waiver wire, you know, you might have yourself a solid flex. Yeah, he's seen nine, ten targets, you know, in a few games this year. So it's not something that, you know, we should just, you know, leave on the waiver wire. Yeah. Donovan Peoples Jones, uh, another wide receiver you can add if you need help this week through the buys. Um, he's seen at least nine PPR fantasy points in four of his five played games. He's had at least 50 yards receiving in four of his five games played. And then he has some extra appeal once Deshaun Watson comes back, assuming he does stay on your roster until week, what is it, week 12? Deshaun Watson's back. Yeah. Um, so he it, if he ends up in your roster, staying in your roster, if you're in a deeper league and he ends up staying in your roster for six weeks, then you have some appeal there. Um, but for now, I think he, he's a solid add, um, somebody who could potentially give you nine or 10 points, you know, at least in a PPR league. Yeah. That's really the only function I see him, you know, having. If you look, you know, Amari Cooper's dominating target share, even though he's not scoring or producing very well. It seems like Jacoby Brissett is just dialed into Amari Cooper. Not to say that Donovan Peoples-Jones won't get a couple targets. I think that he is good for what we've, you know, outlined him to have. But I think that Amari Cooper is the number one there. I'm not prioritizing Donovan Peoples-Jones, but if I need him to fill in, you know, I have no problem with him filling in for a couple of bye weeks. 